0: Hello, my name is Richard Bolas, and welcome to the Dad Mindset Show, where we explore different perspectives on being a father with the aim of becoming less bad at being a dad. This episode, I chat with Andy McNeely. As well as being a primary school teacher, Andy's been running parenting workshops for years now, and has recently released a book called Connecting With Your Kids, which brings together loads of simple and practical ideas to help raise your children. Andy and I discuss the main things that he finds parents are struggling with the most, Uh, which are managing devices at home, anxiety, and how to build resilience in your kids. I really enjoyed spending time with Andy, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Andy McNeely, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for inviting me on. No, well, thanks for inviting me to your lovely house. It's uh, it's great to be here on a cold winter's night. Nice hot cup of tea. Ah, Good.
1: That's a key to an Eng- to get to an Englishman's heart, isn't it? A cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, hit the nail on the head. Not that I want to get to your heart or anything.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. I only just met you. <laughs> so, um, actually, the way that I came in contact with you, Andy, I'd love to just go into this because yep. uh, a friend of mine actually gave me the article that, about your new book that was in a newspaper and said, hey, you've got to read this. This looks really good. Um, and so... Can you tell us a bit about the book?
1: Sure. Um, So the book is called Connecting With Your Kids. And the byline in the book, I'm just having a look here because I can't remember it, is uh, fun, simple and practical ideas to help raise resilient children. So the book sort of came from uh, me thinking about parenting and as a primary school teacher what uh, some parents I noticed – Uh, Needed or wanted They felt they were possibly lacking in And there's a real big push uh, For resilience in kids And the other thing in schools I think the education system set up really well That we teach reading, writing and maths really well And there's a big focus now on the executive skills Things like gratitude, empathy, mindfulness uh, creativity, collaboration, uh, all these sorts of skills that the big uh, forward-thinking companies are now looking for. So they're not looking for things like what university you went to or what grades you got. Uh, they're looking for these executive skills. So they're, they're building people with who are strong in these skills. So I wanted something that would help parents to teach these executive skills to their children while connecting with them. So the other side to the uh, book is that I think that parents are really busy, and I speak for this on uh, from my experience, that I am quite often found myself stuck in my laptop bringing work home or on my phone or surfing the net or social media, media this sort of thing. So I wanted to... Um, for myself and for other people to say how can i not how can i use this tool not it use me so the book i've through quite a bit of um toing and froing and changing and stuff is set up to help parents stop what they're doing connect with the kids and help them with these executive skills so it's set up into 48 chapters so each the four Each four chapters is per month. So it's four in January, four in February, four in March, and so forth. And each chapter has an executive skill linked to it. So you might do them sequentially. You might go January week one, we'll do gratitude. January week two, we'll do mindfulness, so forth. Or you might go, oh, my kid needs some organisational skill help. So you might flick to there, which could be May week two. And uh, each chapter's got... It's broken down into, it's got a couple of quotes. It's got a little dad joke in there. It's got a little story and also has um, like benefits of having the skill and possibly some uh, downsides of having a strength in that skill. And it also has 10 ideas you could try. So you could choose one idea from that chapter to do with your family. Now, all these little things are... Really simple, they're affordable and accessible. So they're all designed that most people have a pen and paper. Most people got a deck of cards. Most people have a couple of board games. Most people can go to for a walk to the park. Most people can research something on Google quickly. That sort of thing. Things that are simple, and they're designed to be. Uh, you could choose one out of the ten, and you might choose two, or you might adjust one or two of them. You might even go, oh, that one's no good. That's rubbish. That won't suit our our family. Oh, look at that one. That's perfect for our family. So hopefully if you did one of these each week, apart from, you know, the kids learning or experiencing some of that executive skill, they might also uh, go, hey, mum, dad, let's let's play one of those games or let's do one of those activities from the book. And so it might encourage the kids to have some buy-in to say, mum, dad, put your iPhone away put your computer away let's play a game yeah that's the whole premise of the book
0: and I, I, I love the the in sort of interview cards as well that you showed me earlier yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me a bit about that
1: so that that's another sort of thing come from that it's called screen free family family time and the idea is it's got a little on one side of the card is uh, turn off Wi-Fi turn off TVs turn off devices turn turn every all that electronic stuff I've, disconnect off, disconnect totally turn it off and on the other side i pick a day so it might circle wednesday and a time between 7 p.m and 8 p.m on every wednesday everyone turns everything off and see let's see what happens
0: what do we do <laughs> yeah. so or you could do it on monday wednesday i, and I was going to say compared to the the alternative which is dad turns off the wi-fi and all yeah. hell breaks out <laughs> yes yeah. <That's, yeah>, so <laughs> the idea whether that works on it is to negotiate it with yep. the kids yeah, yeah it's yeah. pre-organized
1: Yep, yeah and so that's that's a little it's like a little card you can use which you can download that um, from a website if you want but you can just you could do something different you could write on a chalkboard at home or whatever it's quite simple just to sort of say right let's choose a time I think some people try tech free Tuesdays right okay but Tuesday might not work and a whole day of tech might not work yeah. you know it might just be 20 minutes when we say every Wednesday between 7 and 7.20, we're just going to play that favourite card game we love playing.
0: Yeah. Could be. Does your family have a favourite card game? Uh, or What's the flavour of the month at the moment? The flavour of the month is a game called Settlers of Catan. Oh, right. you know that game? I do, actually. I've not played it, but I had a friend that went really deep into it and almost won the Australian Championships. But, but that's well, another story. I, I didn't even know I didn't even know they had championships for that. Yeah. It's fantastic. He was trying to get to Germany actually, uh, really? to, to the World Championships, and he went full on growth mindset. I'm going to totally hack this game. Wow! But uh, yeah, oh. so maybe you, get him to talk about that. Well, you time. should look
1: <laughs> anyone out there. I recommend this game. But we uh, we have a cupboard full of board games. So uh, friends of ours who live in Germany, Germans apparently are big board games players. So every time we see them, they give us a board game. <laughs> unfortunately a lot of the instructions are in german so we they teach us the game and if we don't play it for a bit we can't play it till they come back but we play a lot of board games so uh we will quite often purposely purposefully leave a game or two sitting on the kitchen table so it's there and it's in our eyesight and someone will go hey
0: let's play the game yeah whatever it is but that's the that's we'll just the game start tinkering with it and like ah oh, what's yeah yeah what's yep. this thing that's it yeah <laughs> Great, and and that's the idea behind the book as well, isn't it? To yes. actually leave it out on the kitchen table. Yes. So it's a uh, a readily available resource. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. It's not a coffee table book. It's a kitchen table book. It, it is. Or <laughs> if you bought ten copies, you could put one in each room. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Little What's plug for the book. I don't think. I don't think. I've spoken to a few authors. I don't think I'm going to get rich from <laughs> writing a book. No, no.
0: But I mean, tell us, like, obviously, the motivation behind writing the book because. Actually, can we step back a bit further? Because you've run workshops on this for some time now, haven't you?
1: Yes, I have. Um, So the workshops um, are designed for parents. And it's sort of around... I started doing around different executive skills. But what I've noticed, the two areas that the workshops seem to be leaning towards, the two focus points. One workshop is managing devices. At home yeah and the other workshop is anxiety and resilience so they're the two things that parents i think seem to be struggling a bit with and um the managing devices one it just has a lot of tips about what you could do and a few stories and things that i've tried so always say in the workshop look some stuff you'll hear today is going to be rubbish some will be okay and there's probably some stuff that's going to be gold for your family because we're all different. So my advice to you is when you're here, just look for those two or three things that will make an impact in your family because a lot of it, you'll just go, whatever. So if you can get two or three things out of tonight or even one thing that's gold, it's worth coming. Yeah. So I've been to a lot of you know, workshops. I've been to you know professional development. And for a whole day, if you can pick a couple of gold nuggets – from the whole day, it's worthwhile. Yeah. If you want to get 20 or 30, my experience is you won't implement anything. Yeah. You won't make any change. It's too much. You've got to look for the things that will fit for you that are that easy. Resonate. yeah. Yeah. And I don't think if you're looking for something that's a massive change, sometimes it's just too big and you won't do it. It's the advice. If there are is,
0: more than three things that have to happen, it yeah. ain't going
1: to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me. Yeah. You know, it's too much. But if I can do one small achievable
0: thing, great. Mm -hmm. And what what would be the things that people in your workshops have responded to or come back to you and said, oh, that thing you did on this worked really well?
1: Probably the biggest thing is parents having control over devices of kids. And a lot of kids just sort of seem to run the household and like to manipulate parents with, oh, I need my device, I need it. And one of the key things, bits of advice I like to give parents with device control is you need to be a model. If you're on your device saying, get off your device, the kids (laughs) just laugh at you, go, why? It's kind of like the smoker, the parent, dad, smoking say, hey, don't don't smoke, kid. I'm a pot,
0: you're black. (laughs) Yeah, you got it.
1: So that's the first thing. And I think when parents actually start putting theirs down and then tell their kids or help their kids to manage their device – uh, people start talking. Yeah. It's amazing what might happen in a family that talks.
0: One of the things we've been... Well, I've been trying to do is put my phone on charge as soon as I walk in, but in a separate room. Mm. And that, when I do it, works really well because it's out of sight, out of mind. Yep. Uh, and I got that story from a uh, reading an article about a woman who actually drives into her garage and she has her phone charger only in the garage, on the fridge, in the garage. So she has to leave it in the garage... And doesn't go back to it until the kids are in bed. Unless she's going to the fridge to buy, it. get a beer. <laughs> well, be. Be good- Mum's spending a lot of time in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But um, no, I find that, that's worked really well for for me when I'm mindful of it. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's, it's bad how... I actually found myself today, my wife reached for her phone, and, and I immediately put my hand in my pocket because yep. she had a call and I was like, oh. I wonder if I've got a call or a text as well. And It's crazy how it's almost it is it's creeping into every yep. facet of our lives. I saw a documentary
1: on SBS a while ago, just recently actually, about the way that the companies who have the social media and phones, they way they make design their technology so you want to use it more. It's, it's like st- crack. It's, <laughs> it is specifically designed to get you hooked. It's just the scary stuff. And when one of the executives from one of these companies said, who designs this stuff, he said, I won't let my kids have a smartphone. (laughs) You go, whoa, whoa. (laughs) You know, that's saying something.
0: So does the, obviously, age come into it? Like in the workshops, people will ask you, what age should we do this or that? Do you sort of suggest the sort of how to assess at what level you really sort of access so so my suggestion
1: is you're you're the parent of your kids you know your kids better than anyone in the world so you need to work out what's best for your family because if I said seven years old you should do this nine so I think some experts say this sort of thing at this age but I don't think that fits for every family and for example in our family Daisy now who's 16 she needs to have we need to have less control over her device she needs to start managing that because another year and a half she's out She'll be 18, leaving home, you know, off to uni, mm. gap year, travelling. So we need to give her more responsibility. The other thing about when we put on controls or or have management, uh, talking about managing devices with the kids, we actually tell them why we do it and we talk to them about how we're going to do it and we negotiate with them what's fair. So we recently changed, we use the screen app Screen time app on the Apple devices, yeah, so the Androids have a really good device called Our Pact, yeah, so which is free. you can down download that, and we were using that, but now we use the Apple one, so we negotiate with kids. what's fair? What's a fair time for you to use each app each day? What's a fair time to be on the your iPad or your phone? So when it cuts out after fifteen minutes or half an hour, they're not going to complain. so you've they, cut they've out. got
0: ownership over it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So when we don't say we're doing it because we don't want you on the devices, we're doing it because the we, we want you to manage these devices. Here's the statistics. Here's what's been shown. And when you when you're a parent, you're going to have more challenges than what we have because we we have way more challenges than what our parents have. So we want you to be good parents too. So we're actually just not just saying we're doing it because we're mean. actually clear about why we're doing it. We're setting you up for life.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Mm. And with, um, obviously, those apps, so you you literally cut off all access and then they just don't have Wi-Fi connection? I'm not quite sure. Uh, It depends.
1: It depends on... You can choose. Yeah, it depends. So, for example, they can have Finn said he's 14 and he gets the bus to school. He said he'd like to watch some Netflix shows he downloads with his friends on the bus. Fine. So his show he watches is Brooklyn 9 20-minute episodes, so we give him 25 minutes. Yeah, gotcha. So he can watch that on the bus on the way home. So it's negotiated. Um,
0: so they like to go on do a bit of Minecraft. If nothing else, it's good to actually put stops on, on ourselves more than anything because yeah, times when I've binge-watched, a few episodes in a row, just because the cliffhanger, you know, the the, the, the way the storyline can be tweaked, yep. you know, to, to just hook you into the next one, it, I, I should probably use it on myself.
1: They're clever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry, so, you were saying about um, uh, Minecraft. Minecraft, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so uh,
1: traditionally our family has had uh, on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays, 15 minutes on the iPad, that's it.
0: Right, okay. So we're pretty pretty
1: tough with that. Yeah. And then being tough like that, if you say, if you're really a, a generous parent, parent,
0: you can go, I'll give you half an hour. <laughs> no, and well, you're great. But that's probably really good in the sense that when you think about it it makes you really want to be deliberate in what you're doing for hmm. 15 minutes. You don't want to be just like browsing around and yep. just willy-nilly. It's like, no, I've got 15 minutes. I'm going straight to the thing I want to do, which is probably a skill we could all do with right now. Yeah, I reckon. The amount of times you find yourself like scrolling through apps, you're like, um, yep. oh, I'll just dive into that one right now. So that's that's one thing I found with
1: my phone too. I used to do that. So I actually uh, one tip I got from someone, from one of the workshops. So a lot of the workshops, when you come to one of the workshops, a lot of the stuff in the workshops are from other parents who've been to a workshop. So a, a workshop, we share ideas and I go, it's quite that's It's like a,
0: an organic sort of evolution yeah. of
1: so each, ideas. Exactly. Each workshop's just a little bit better, a little bit different. So one of the things I got from a parent is managing my home screen on my phone. So my home screen, when I turn it on, there's nothing on it but three things I use. Then yeah. I have to swipe across to the next screen. Then I've got the apps I'll use like at work. Yeah. Timer, uh, stopwatches, camera, that sort of thing. Then I go across to the next one, is the next ones, and the last page of stuff I don't really want to see. So I can get my phone out of my pocket, check the time, put it away, and I have no issue. There's no email lights there. Yeah. There's no notifications to do this. Uh, I've now made my phone monochrome. So there's no colour, there's no picture <laughs> on it, and there's no family picture. It's just trying to make it. as boring, ge- boring. I don't want to get this generic thing. as possible. I've, yeah, and I've have taken. I, I cannot get work emails on my phone. I cannot get Facebook, and it's minimal. Yeah. So when I go and open my laptop, which is away in the study, I'm really mindful that this is the time when I might go to Facebook and put a post on. This is the time where I might check a work email, and then I start doing a little bit of work. But if it's the weekend, my laptop just stays there and I don't touch it all weekend.
0: Yeah, that's gold. like basically creating the environment to support the decisions you make because otherwise the habits will just happen because yep. you've got basically people paid a lot of money to figure out how to entice you in.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a weak human being like all of us. And I just know that those weaknesses are there and they're designed to hook me in. And I just, I need to be mindful of that. So I need to make changes that are deliberate.
0: Yeah, so um, you, you talked about screen time then, so that's a, a big part of the workshops, the, one of the most popular topics. Yeah. Was it anxiety that you mentioned, mentioned yeah. as the, the other hot topic?
1: Anxiety and resilience. Right. So uh, a lot of parents are quite concerned with their kids that they'll um, be okay at school. Um, and if you look at the statistics in primary schools, at the moment, one in seven children have some form of mental stress, anxiety, uh, could be depression, it could be some concerns with bullying, um, and when they go to secondary schools, one in four, which is alarming. So if I look at my classroom, I've got 27 kids, that's saying... It that,
0: that's, a, that's like a, a government statistic, so that's... Yep. It's out there, it's been tested and... Yes. That's, yeah, that, that's... That's scary. That's, that's so if you've got scary. four
1: kids... The chances are one of your kids will have some sort of mental stress at its secondary school, which is pretty wow. alarming. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so that's with that stat. Now, I don't even know where we started. Oh, with the the workshop. So, one of the things about connecting with the kids, if your kid has some sort of mental stress or concerns, if you have, if you a really connected family, you want them to come to you first yeah. and not hide in their room. Now, I'm not saying you can solve all the problems, but you can possibly think about how can I get help, who can I see. Um, so that's the thing yeah. you don't want. You don't want them to manifest and keep it in their head and not tell anyone and oh, just...
0: I can think of nothing worse than yep. having something terrible go wrong. I mean, it can go really wrong when yep. kids are isolated and them never actually feeling comfortable to have come to you. That yep. to me is... Probably the worst thing that could happen.
1: Absolutely, and you you know where this can head. So, um, with our um, adolescent kids, suicide's the biggest killer. It's bigger than road accidents. Yeah. It's just like we've got to wake up. And we need to be there for our kids. You know, we might not know what to do, but you want them to come and say, "Hey, Dad, something's not right." Yeah, you know, or I'm being bullied at school, or I'm really, really worried about this test, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of really scary.
0: Yeah. And so, would those be the comments that parents come to you with, like, oh, my son's not coming towards me," or you know, what would be the main sort of comment that a parent would say to you as as they walk into the workshop, Andy?
1: They, I think they come in a bit reserved, sort of sit back because I think people don't really want to open up and say, "Hey, my kid's this, my kid's that," but
0: workshops are quite a kind of different so if you or even the parents saying i'm a bit yeah know, like this i'm not handling this as Some, in it's not the exactly. kid; it's the, the the parent that's got the problem
1: and so many workshops are different you get someone to open up early and to just sort of someone's like that and everyone goes oh phew, i'm comfortable i can do this <laughs> whereas you get sometimes workshops you know it doesn't matter how i do it or how it works sometimes it's just a quiet workshop and sometimes people just think they don't want to talk. They yeah. just want to sit and think and take it in, which is fine. Everyone does their own workshop in their seat and sometimes it's really open and people are
0: sharing stuff and
1: sometimes it's not. Yeah. It's okay.
0: Gotcha. Mm. So what would you say then? What sort of tactics and strategies do you you know work through with people about working with anxiety and resilience? Um,
1: so... We might, I might have, I uh, sort of prepare it with a, a bit of a sort of slideshow just to help me um, along sort of the journey. And there's quite just some ideas to help with connecting. Um, like, for example, resilience. Just talking to, to, depending on the age of your kids and stuff, to build resilience, you want kids to take risks. They've got to have mistakes. They've got to... St- Ride to school, even if it's you know, you take them most away and they just do a little bit on their own, they've got to climb trees, they've got to hurt themselves. Yeah, um, there's a fantastic one of the quotes from a book from a guy called G. tully an American fella. He wrote this book called 50 Dangerous Things Your Kids Should Try.
0: I think I saw that last week actually. Oh, it's a crazy <laughs> book, yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, it, it definitely sticks in my recent memory. Oh, it's great, I got it for my birthday, <laughs> and um. <laughs> It's things
1: like super glue your fingers together. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the, I, can, I can check that one off. Yeah, I, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, lick a 9 volt battery. Can you check that one off? Yep, yeah, yep. totally. See, all these <laughs> things that they've got, these are things that we did as kids. Yeah. But I got I, I read this and started laughing and I pulled the, pulled the battery out of the cupboard. And said, kids, lick this. <laughs> no, and the kids get, go, no, get stuff no, no. I said, I'll lick it. I go, oh. So. <laughs> things like that, that we used to just do as kids, climb trees, yeah. you know. Inadvertently, usually. No yeah. Way. You know, I used to do things like, you know, go, I used to live near a train track in Melbourne. We used to get um, 10 cent coins or yeah, 5 yeah, cent totally. coins, put them on track and make them bigger. Yep. You know, that's the stuff that we used to do. Go down to the park. Um, that was, was actually pretty scary because, like, you'd have to sit pretty close to the track to see the coin yeah. <laughs> flick around. Oh, I, did, I did some, I was a shocking kid, some of the things I did. Um, we lived – I grew up in Melbourne uh, in a bayside suburb and they had those big stormwater drains. Oh, yeah, crawling through those? Yeah. yeah. Well, I rode my bikes. We, me and my friends rode our bikes through <laughs> these really terrible um, bike lights and we used to ride all the way through the tunnel and we used to get to the main street and we used to yell out to the guy, <laughs> Oi, oi, you! and just see you would look around. So that, we were just sort of naughty kids doing that sort of stuff. It was no, great. Inquisitive kids. Yeah, inquisitive <laughs> and naughty and uh, it was like a lot of freedom and stuff. Yeah. And I think – uh, nowadays, it's it's really dangerous out there. There's so many strangers and so many dangerous things happen. Like, like there's not, there is. It's just as bad. The you know, but I think with all social media and news, people think it's a lot worse. It's actually not. Yeah, all the statistics are saying it's just the same. So we're all
0: careful, just and, hyper aware, and we of and just, of, the, of that sort of super super small probability of something. Yeah catastrophic happening but that outweighs all our thinking of course it does so you don't want anything to happen to kids so you don't let them do anything yeah
1: so then when they're adults you know they've got no resilience and you know they've just never experienced failure um you know at school everyone gets an award you know um everyone's a winner we're all told, told how great we are and then you go for your first job you don't get the job and you go oh i'm a failure yeah, You know, first time experience failure on an that adult. that big
0: label square on your forehead. Yeah,
1: Yep. So um, it's about the, the Resilience and Anxiety Workshop is really about what, what's letting you... What
0: was the name of that book again? Was it
1: 50? 50 Dangerous Things Your Kids Should Try, something like that by Guy Tully.
0: Great, I like it. <laughs> oh, it's great, great book. <laughs> no, so going back to the workshop then, and that's you go through some of these things then. <laughs> yeah. And approaches to help build their resilience.
1: Yep. So I might suggest a couple of things and then I throw it over to the audience and say, what do you do at home? And always someone will say, oh, I let my kids do this and my kids do this and then it starts opening up. Great. So people start sharing ideas of what they do because everyone does this stuff but they don't realise it. And I think when other people here go, oh, they do that, oh, maybe I should do that, oh, that's a good idea. Rather than me being the fountain of all knowledge, which I'm not, but if I can Just facilitate it, yeah, yeah, to open it up and let everyone share and everyone, cause everyone will go, hey, you know, I've got the same issues with my kids. Hey, I'm the same as that person. Yeah. Hey, we're all on this journey together, you know. We're all finding it hard in some bits and we are all got our wins. But maybe we could try something a bit different here. So it's about sort of thinking about that.
0: Yeah, gotcha. That's brilliant. I like it. So what actually started your journey on the workshops there, Andy? Well, it's sort of
1: hard to know now. Because what was the?
0: There must have been a moment where you go, you know what? I'm just going to run a workshop. <clears throat> I've always probably probably for
1: before we had kids, my wife Sandy and myself always questioned about how we would be parents, what sort of parent we want to be. So we looked at, you know, we watched our uh, brothers and sisters, law, watch friends, we watched uh all these people we knew we thought i really like what they do there with their kids i like that i like that i probably wouldn't do a bit of that and we started questioning this sort of stuff so always thought about being parents and even as a primary school teacher i was in hospitality for years and when we started to try and trying to have a family i thought no nah, i don't want to be working nights and weekends and coming home with sore feet yeah and i want to be there for my kids so Part that was part of well, you've probably being got the best
0: job in the world for that then. You well, it, it, all the summer holidays, yeah,
1: and it wasn't an accident. So friends of mine used to say, "Oh, you lazy teachers, you get the weekends off, you get holidays." You know, and I go, "Well, you can go to university and do the same." Yeah, and um, you know the other the other thing people teach you about you, oh, you have got so many holidays. You go, yeah, it's great, <laughs> and it is, it's great. <laughs> um, so that was. That design of my career was all about being a parent as well. So I've always been thinking about how can I be the best parent I can be, because I think that uh, you know you can do a job doing this, you can do a job doing that, but that's for me is the most important job. Yeah, being a parent, gotcha. the most important job I'll ever do. And I don't think I'll ever. I don't think when I am uh, on my deathbed, I go, "Oh, I wish I spent more time at work." I wish I
0: earned more money. I don't think anyone said that, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, apparently so. That's what
1: they say. But, you know, I'm sure people might go, oh, I wish I spent more time with the kids. Yeah. I don't want to be doing that. I want to be going, gee, I did a good job with my kids. Um, That's that's my sort of aim. So with that in mind, um, thinking about that, I just sort of wanted to probably share some of the experiences and things that I've picked up and ideas and tips that have worked for me and also what works as a teacher because when you're a teacher with 25 kids, you're a dad to 25 kids. Yeah. And if you have a little bit of a right going in the corner, you're going to lose 25 kids really quickly.
0: <laughs> it goes downhill. Oh, yeah. So you've, <laughs> got to, you've got to
1: be able to manage those 25 kids and not just be like mean and bossy and say, don't do this, yep. but you've got to bring them along. You've got them for a year. You've got them, They're your, you are their other parent yep. for a year. And, you know, you bond with them and you go through the ups and downs and you help them and some things don't work and, you know, you've got to be tough sometimes and you've got to give them love sometimes. Um, So I've learned a lot from the teaching and stuff. I'm always thinking what's the best thing for the kids, you know, what do I need to do? So I just sort of want to share that sort of stuff with people and uh, see if I could be helpful and useful for people. And just also knowing about all the stats, how they're on the rise, because, With all these great things out there, great apps, great courses, great uh, knowledge, there's great um, uh, people doing some great things, there's some fantastic things happening in our community and world, yet the statistics are still going up in the wrong direction. Yeah. It's something's not right. So if I could make a little bit of help to a few people, great. As long as what I'm doing is useful, I'll do it. As soon as it's not useful, I'll
0: give it up. Yeah. What, what do you put it down to? Why do you think the numbers are still going up?
1: That's That's really interesting, and I don't know. I don't know. Well, I imagine no one with. actually knows. Yeah. I'm just, what's your gut feel? Um, well, people say it's social media and technology, but um, I think that people aren't spending that time with together with each other. Yeah um like
0: the old sort of takes a village to raise a, a child yeah, type yep. thing
1: i think in the west now i don't really know i don't know the answer to this i think in the west we're quite driven by stuff at the moment about getting ahead and by me getting ahead of you is how much stuff i have hmm. um i don't know maybe it's that I, I, i'm not sure I don't really know the answer to it. I suppose if someone knew the answer, we could probably sort this one out, Yeah, you know?
0: No, um, it's just something I was sort of uh, wonder in a in similar way because, yeah, things aren't trending that well, and I think we've got to be sharing as many things that are working as possible to try and sort of wrangle things back into some level of normalcy.
1: Yeah, whatever that is. Whatever that is. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah we don't want to go mm. <laughs> further up in that direction. No, and if you... Think about some of the
1: people like uh, in some of the Asian countries, you see
0: what they have, which is nothing. They have nothing. Because you were in Vietnam, when yeah. you? Yeah. That was one of the trips that you took with your daughter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, just to sort of give you a bit of backfill on that, my daughter Daisy and I went to Vietnam a couple of years ago and... The, that happened. Can we take a tangent on that as well? <laughs> Do you want to keep sort of going? Like yeah, a, and then
0: we'll come back to you've the You've got to bring me back, though, no, yeah. because I always go off. I'll totally I'll bring say, you back, Andy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, about a couple of years ago, um, my wife and Daisy went to school for um, – she goes to the local public school to talk about a trip to Vietnam. So it all sounded great. Daisy was all excited. Sandy said it sounded great, you know. But the, the bottom line was the cost was like, oh, you're joking. For a two-week holiday, it's that much? So the three of us came up with a plan and said, look, I'll tell you what, Daisy, if you get a job and you can save $1,000, I'll you can. Uh, I'll take you to Vietnam. So the two of, two of us went to Vietnam, and it was a fraction of the, the cost. She, she, saved, she had to save money for the school trip anyway, but she saved less by going with me, and we had a two-week trip there was fantastic. And from that, Sandy and I said, we can do it with Monty and Finn. They're yeah. each, so Finn's now 14. Rather than just 14. one of the children to yeah. get an
0: overseas trip.
1: Yeah, So, but it's up to them too. If they get a job and contribute, they're, they're right to go. But if they don't get a job, they don't get to go. So yeah. that's up to them. They might say, I don't want to get a job, I don't want to go.
0: Yeah. It's and it, their life, what was it like? You had a great time, I imagine?
1: Fantastic. To have that one-on-one time with uh, Daisy and myself was great. And we quite often talk about that. Uh, that trip a lot of things it was just a really good connection now we've got that forever now no one can take that away from us it's there forever and it was just a great thing that we have together a really special connection and we still have that connection
0: and would she have been what 14 when you guys went
1: uh 14 or 15 probably 15 okay yeah
0: and like in retrospect do you think you'd have done that earlier or you think that was right on the money somewhere? no it was, on the,
1: it was on the money for her yeah great really good
0: and what about for finn
1: and monty so uh finn's in year eight and he's 14 so he hasn't got a job yet but he's talking about possibly next year going on a trip with sandy uh they're talking about going to malaysia and then uh monty and i'll probably go and he's sort of talking maybe japan or maybe malaysia so uh, he's sort of thinking about that the other thing that's great about it for, to get five people overseas and back is a lot of money. Yeah. The two true. every two years, we can afford that.
0: Yeah. Are you going to tag team with your wife? Unfortunately, uh, fortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. well. I, mean, <laughs> I
1: keep saying to Sandy that I get more holidays, so I should do the right thing and go, but she's going, no way. Yeah. No chance. So she's not buying that one. Well, at least you got
0: in early. So, you, you know, it's every yep. other child, so yep. it's still two out of three. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> good strike rate. Yeah, exactly. No, and
1: it's, saying that, it's quite funny because I've got a, a really good connection with Dave from that, and sometimes Finn being a teenager and myself have real head battles. Yeah just butt heads sometimes and sometimes it's like whoa so i'm the way we are you know we've got a good relationship but i think i would sandy and i were talking about something like we really like to i want to build do something with finn just finn and myself yeah so we're sort of trying to work out something so probably possibly some tennis related sort of thing because he loves tennis he's
0: really getting into that
1: loves it yeah so he's 14 he plays uh section one juniors on the weekend he also plays seniors so he's right. playing against adults so yeah. he loves punching well above his weight yeah he is and he's a he was a, a ball kid at the Australian Open last year and he's applying to it this year so he oh. just tennis 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 yeah loves it ah awesome mm. so now can you get me back to where no, we no, were
0: no no before we do that I, okay. I want to hear what would be the highlight for you for the Vietnam trip with Daisy Just
1: the ease at being with my daughter, who was fifteen, and just the how we could just be together. Bit of food. What do you want to do? She sort of negotiated where she wanted to go. She sort of planned it. But just spending time, being—we didn't have to do anything or say anything. It's just a really special time just to be. Yep. Yep. Whatever we did didn't really matter. Wherever we went didn't really matter. It was just that there was her and myself and no interruptions. You know, okay. So you went on, uh, checked you know, sent a couple of photos home or had a couple of phone calls. But most of the time it was just her and myself. That oh, was cool. It. It That's cool. That's awesome. Even if we were on a bus trip and she's watching something and I'm watching something, and we're next to each other. It's still we're just there together. Yeah,
0: sharing time.
1: It was fantastic.
0: Huh, interesting. Yep. Yeah, because I, I mentioned earlier the the project that. I uh, did it the weekend. I put a, a shelf in the van yep. uh, to put a bed in there. I've been wanting to do this for some time and I finally figured out how to do it. And um, so basically the idea is I can go and do daddy dates. Like yep. one of the children can come with me. We can just drive maybe 10 minutes down the road, pull in at a campsite <coughs> and um, sleep overnight and then yeah, have dinner, have breakfast and then come back the next day, a little micro adventure. Uh, and uh, it worked really well. I, I put it together in like an hour on Saturday First thing, Emily came up to me, can we sleep in here tonight? I was like, um, "It's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of almost dark now. Yeah, I guess so. But it's going to be, I don't know where we should go or we've got a few things on. No, no, we'll just sleep here in the driveway. And so we slept in the driveway. And then Annie the next night, oh, it's my turn tonight, Dad. I get to sleep in the van with you. And so it's kind of started something. I think it's it might turn into something a bit bigger than Ben Hur. might be going off like three nights a week. But um, I'm okay with that. And I'm actually really looking forward to it as well. So that that one-on-one time, they just lap it, they just love it, and and I love it as well because you can really, you know, just invest all your attention in that one person. It's it's magic. Whereas when there's two and three, it's so difficult to balance. It's, they don't get a third of the attention. I find they get maybe a fifth. You know, it's it's much less than an equal, equal uh, spread. It's funny, isn't it, how maths works? <laughs> yeah. It is. doesn't add up. <laughs> yeah, no, it does.
1: And, and that thing of saying yes. Is it? I mean, yes. it's the same for you, is yes, it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Just to be able to say yes, how good is that? Yeah. The kid's going, this is cool. My dad cares for me. My dad loves me. He just keeps saying yes, you know. And I've you can't some, always I've got say
0: some yes. input in this whole thing here. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay, right. We'll get you back now. So, All right, good. Um, you were saying about in Asian countries, you know, the the relationship to stuff is somewhat less, you think, than...
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, they don't have much stuff, but they seem to have more happiness. Now, that's just as an observer on the outside, it seems that they're just happy with their lot, whatever they're doing, cooking little. In
0: places like like Vietnam, yeah,
1: things. yeah. I've spent a fair bit of time in Asia, and I just find that they just generally seems that way. I could have got this totally wrong, um, but they're just like you know, life's pretty good. You know, I'm alive. I'm grateful for what I have. I don't know, maybe not. But it seems that way. And then you look at, I think it's Bhutan have, uh, yep, habit- not a GDP, a happiness, yeah, happiness index. Yep. Mm. So, you know, that's what some people, or what, I've, what I've noticed, that Asians sort of seem to have a better handle on this. And I don't know if they look at us and go, you guys are crazy. Yeah.
0: Certainly in some countries, yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, so I know we, we all think, we all, all as a human nature, think what we do is the right thing to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. you <know? laughs> but, you know, I just wonder, is it? And I have these thoughts. I ride my bike to work and I have these thoughts thinking, gee, maybe we just sell the house and go Yeah. to, I don't know, somewhere in Thailand, just live in a little shack on the beach Yeah. or not sell the house, you know, just go. I wonder about that. Then I come back to, oh, yeah, but I've got an important job and what about my superannuation and what about this and what about that? It's like, got oh, I've got to take care of this, these bills, like, you know, get straight back into it. It's like, you know, life's only short. I'm probably well over halfway now. Goes pretty quickly.
0: It's pretty scary, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. One of the things actually I, I um, discussed with one of the other guests was the the life calendar that I came across a while back. Um, I think Tim Urban um, sort of came up with the idea, and it just has a, a block for each week across the top of the year. So you've got fifty two blocks across top, and then ninety blocks down the side. So you've got a, a life at a glance. Oh. Whoa. And, and I, I sort of filled one in. And I looked. I was like, "Oh, geez, yeah, almost halfway." And then I looked at a couple of lines and realised, "Wow, that's the time when the kids like Annie's nine now, and she's probably not going to come on holiday after she's say sixteen. She'll probably get bored of us. Maybe, maybe you never know. Hopefully not, but you never know. Maybe, maybe earlier. I'll come back to that one. <laughs> yeah, in a all right, okay. I'm not sure I want to hear that. <laughs> you do. You do. Okay, want to hear it. but um, so then. I looked at this band of like, okay, so essentially we've got like five, six years, five, six lines of like years left when the the whole family could be together on, on a holiday together. And then I thought, well, if we only go away for like one week, oh yeah, that's like five or six weeks. That's not a lot of <coughs> full-on family holiday time together. We've really got to be deliberate and think this through and make sure we make the most of it. It was really good for putting it into perspective just how little time we have together, even though it feels like an eternity when you're in it.
1: Yeah, and maybe, because I'm going to say the other side to this. So you might be wrong on this, which is kind of pleasing to hear. Yeah, (laughs) because, and I'm just speaking from my experience. So uh, when we've always done a lot of camping, because it's been great to get outdoors, it's accessible, it's cheap. Uh, So when the kids were uh, younger in 2012, uh, we went on a trip around Australia. It was fantastic, three months together. Wow. And then two years later, we went up to the tip of Queensland and did sort of central Queensland as well. And we've sort of every two to three years done a bit of a, a journey with the, with the kids. And um, we, were, we were a few months ago talking about um, going to Morton Island. It's the yep. island off Brisbane, Sand Island, to go camping. And uh, we sort of tentatively said to Daisy, um, would you be interested in coming to campy?" She goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's happy to sit in the car with her two brothers in the back at 16 and she's got, you know, assignments and homework to do and do that. And then she's we're, – we're actually planning a trip, a family trip, with some friends at when she finishes her VCE. Um, so she's going to finish her VCE and then – she wants to take a gap year and travel uh, around Australia. And at that that summer holiday after she's finished, we're talking about going to Japan. And she's, she's going, right, I'm not going to a trip in Australia. I'm coming to Japan. <laughs> now. That's great. Whether that's her, her cleverness about saying, get a free holiday with the family, or she wants to be with the family, or a combination. Or you've just but set she it did, up. still wants great. to.
0: They just love hanging out with you. They that's, still that's a do. huge win.
1: Yeah, and so... Uh, what from my experience, you put the time in and they it'll pay back. You put yeah. the time in, just keep putting the time in. Whatever it is, just take them, and it doesn't have to be long tri- trips like a three monther. It can just be camping. If you regularly camp, you know, or regularly do whatever it is, chances are they will still want to do it. So I've got a friend who used to ride with, and they have a regular f- group of families who go camping camping down the Great Ocean Road same weekend every year, and they're still doing it. Yeah, and now their kids have kids. So it's like grandparents, parents and kids all camping that same week or weekend or whatever it is. So, so, you know, I think, you know, it's not like 16, they're not going to come anymore.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, you know. Just got to create the environment. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah, awesome. We we had a similar situation with uh, the prom. So we put in a uh, for the ballot over Christmas and that worked out last year. And we've been going pretty much every year with other families. But we got a whole bunch of families together this year. And we, we hit the jackpot. It worked perfectly because all the families had kids <laughs> the same age. And so the kids are like a little tribe, like off together. You know, so easy to sort of manage. It was absolutely brilliant. They manage so, themselves. Yeah.
1: <laughs> off they go. And there's enough parents there, you know. Yep. There's, there's, everyone knows what's going on. There's it's, a
0: couple of redundant parents, which yeah. works out really well. Cause yep. You actually get to read a book for maybe half an hour if you're lucky. But, um, yeah, it was gold. So I like the idea of of actually planning more of those in even if it is like you say just a bit of camping it could even just be one or two nights even Mm. but i like the idea of the same weekend every year so that everyone knows it's just a a thing that happens that time of year that's a great one try anything (laughs) yeah anything (laughs) Mm. do you have any other sort of um takeaways from family holidays andy
1: uh like some stories or anecdotes or something or about anything of
0: holidays or yeah, what's I mean? Uh, obviously, camping's played a big part. When you did yep. your Australian tour, like, how did you approach that? Really, was that a long, far-out planning ex- um, exercise? Or? Um Yeah, it was. It, it kind of it's sort of so long you, ago. Would now you like, do it any differently if you did it again? Yeah,
1: oh, I, I don't mean to. See I wouldn't take three size, months. I'd oh, take a year. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. Okay, yeah, <laughs> go to So. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I when
1: I finished high school, I, I just wanted to travel, so I went around Australia. I spent eight months with a mate traveling in Australia, sort of doing various jobs and stuff. Then I went overseas, and that's where I met Sandy overseas. And I've sort of um, always I love Australia. I love getting out back. I love getting away from it all. And I suppose we had that conversation about maybe we should do it. It seemed to be the thing that everyone's doing. So we didn't have a lot of money, but I had some long service leave and we sort of worked out how we do it and bought a friend's dad's car he was selling and an old four wheel drive. And luckily, it didn't break down, (laughs) didn't cause us too much trouble. We sort of learned things as we went. But the planning was roughly, we've got 14 weeks, roughly where would we be? That was about the planning. Put a few things in the car, we had an old tradesman trailer. Um, that we converted to with a little kitchen and stuff and just sort of off we went. And on the way we thought, oh, we need some of this and that and we don't need that. So <laughs> sort of made up as we went.
0: Yeah, mm. like it.
1: Did you take your bike with you? No, no bikes.
0: Ah, what was the thinking behind we that?
1: Don't, we don't take bikes anymore because of the the bulk the carrying incom-
0: them. Yeah, five bikes is a lot and of bikes.
1: They get bashed around. Some of the roads we, we travel on, they just get smashed and they get covered in dust yeah. and grit and it's like,
0: our neighbour's bike rack actually came off yep. while they were driving along, rode off a couple of the bikes, blew out a few tires, and, and that was like a really solid aluminium rack that just got bounced yep. out
1: of its brackets. The, the roads in Australia just smash up, smash up, smash up everything. So, um, it's as being a cyclist, I, I cycle a lot. It's kind of a nice thing to say. I'm not riding for a few months or a few <laughs> weeks. So, and saying, speaking of the Australian um, roads, we our last trip we went to central australia uh september last year in 2018 and we were coming back down one of the tracks and the um suspension on the trailer broke the trailer flipped just we had to we we got a ship back and eventually um yeah and we had to write the thing off but um that was a that was an experience you know but um it was really good. Just one of those things like, you know, oh, well, this is what happened.
0: Let's sort it out. This is just like instant. It yep. just it was there right and then it flipped. Yep. So bang. Wow. Sandy said, oh, I a flat tire and looked at the right mirror. No. And the trailer was upside down. Looked at
1: the left mirror and there it was on the side of the road and it sort of pulled us up like an anchor. Huh. It was, I was surprised how calm all of us were. Right. We were just going, okay, right, okay, what do we need to do? Yeah. So Daisy was straight away, picked up the water, which was leaking sorted that out the boys came out and sort of helped and then someone came and we righted the trail and dragged it off it was, it was amazing I, i'm just surprised everyone just sort of chipped in <laughs> do
0: you find that happens a lot when you're on those longer trips the family really sort of gels as a team yep absolutely did you have any sort of um i guess routine that you predetermined and, and negotiated through or did it just fall into place it fell into place. It's kind of make it up as you go so you know like if
1: we go on a trip now um, we've got a new sort of camper trailer. Um, I, just, I just get on the roof or chuck down the tents, chuck out the sleep mattresses and they sort it out. The kids have sorted their own. They've all got their own tent and everyone sort of chips in, you know. We might say, well, do you want a fire? Okay, can you guys collect some wood? You guys sort it out. Everyone sort of jumps in and does whatever they've got to do. Yeah. it's good. Mm.
0: Ah, excellent. And so what's the next trip that you've got planning again? Morton Island. Morton Island. Yeah. And that'll be just driving up there and then ferry across is it
1: yeah so uh it's a three-week trip and uh daisy because she's studying and sandy's uh, working she gets she's only having two weeks holiday they'll fly up my mum lives up in um in queensland so we'll drive up there the boys and i'll drive up and a couple of spots on the way up there camp and then we'll go up and stay with my mum for a bit then come down to brisbane and spend a week on morton island
0: yeah gotcha okay, okay. That sounds exciting. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> it's great. Now, one of the things I wanted to get into as well, Andy, it sounds like you've had quite a lot of inspiration from other parents in the past. Who do you think has been a big role model for you in the way that you approach raising kids? Um, that's that's
1: probably... Oh, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I'm I going to look on my notes here because <laughs> I wrote that down. But I, I just think... I probably think that there's not one person, but I suppose the more people I talk to and the more people I meet through workshops and all around, probably everyone has bits of gold, some fantastic things. I think sometimes as parents we underrate what we do. Yeah. I think that every parent... Uh, does some great things every parent has some struggles but i really think that um it's just something that we're born to do a lot of us and we just do it and sometimes we think oh i'm not doing a good job but you know um i think most of the time we get most of the things right you know i think sometimes we need to to check and look at your kids and go, geez, they're pretty fantastic. And <laughs> we, you, we haven't lost one yet. Yeah so. <laughs> yeah. so you know, and I and I know we're all biased and we all think our kids are the best and we want the best for our kids. But you know, they are the best in our eyes. Our kids are the best. So, um, probably everyone's a, a hero. Yeah. You know, if if you look at it, why would you want to be a parent? it's crazy sometimes the thing (laughs) the the things you've got to do you know remember all that freedom you had and all that money you had beforehand you could do whatever you want whenever you want you could just do anything you know i remember the days you just quit my job i'll quit my job (laughs) and go and just leave um you know (laughs) sandy and i working down in tassie this is great having a good time down here and we got an invitation in the mail hey do you want to come to a wedding in italy said let's go we just quit (laughs) took our bikes over rode around italy and and uh france and then went to the wedding it's like imagine doing that now it's a <laughs> yep. it's a massive
0: organization to, to organize a camping trip now you know yeah so who'd have kids <laughs> it reminds me of a sketch that hamish and andy did i don't know whether you ever saw it but it was <laughs> so hamish had just had a new newborn child and he called this service that was like um oh, i can't remember the name of it now but it's something like dialer a non-parent or something like that, and you could, and he was—he'd just gone to the supermarket, sleep-deprived. He had to buy some nappies, and he—he he phoned this number. It was like a, um, like a, a porn channel, you'd think, but it was actually calling up someone who didn't have kids and just ask them about their day. Oh, I do know, yeah, <laughs> And the yeah. guy was on the phone yes. going. G'day, it's uh, yeah, it's like a call, call a non parent channel here. How can I help? Because, he oh, just, just, what do you got planned for today? He goes, oh, nothing really, just, uh, just kicking back, watching the cricket and, oh, really. And, and so what did you do last night? He goes, well, I had a bit of a big night actually, because we went out for a few beers with friends and, and, uh, things got a bit wild. And, and then, uh, but I figured I, I didn't have anything on today. He goes, whoa, 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 Wine back. You, you didn't have anything on this morning? No, so I just stayed in bed. How, how long for? tell me and it was always like going, oh, just, just remind, oh, yeah, remind me of what it was like <laughs> uh, Yeah, i do remember that <laughs> i'm gonna have to have a look at it again it was hilarious I, it, it really hit the nail on the head oh yeah great huh <laughs> but you're dead right those those early times you kind of actually uh, underestimate how valuable they are as well before yep. you step into the into the breach and it's funny
1: isn't it how we all want to be parents but logically it doesn't make sense <laughs> before you've had kids you know, once you've had kids, you know how much you love them, how fantastic it is. Before you've had kids, it's like you don't have that. So, you know, why would you have kids? And I think also being a parent, when I became a parent, I actually really got how much my parents loved me. Right. Gotcha. That's when I really got it. Yeah. I go, wow. And I, I remember saying to both of my parents one day, you know, thanks for giving me my life. And I'd be like, oh, thanks. You know, like, and I think, I can't remember, but I think might have been, you know, a time later that one of my parents said, Well, thanks for saying that to me. But yeah. I didn't get it till I had kids.
0: Well, it's interesting because, I mean, obviously, Steve Bidoff wrote the forward to your book, and it was his book, Manhood, that really impacted my relationship with my dad. And this was when I was in my early 30s. Yep. And it, it was the part where he talks about how, so many children go through their lives waiting for their parents to say, I'm really proud of you. And yet he flipped it and he said, most of the parents I talked to have, have been waiting their whole lives. They, they just wanted, they're doing everything they can to make their children proud of them as parents. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, I've never ever told my dad how proud I am of all the sacrifices he made. He sacrificed loads to raise us as kids. We had very little money, but they always made it. Yeah, they used to save money to pay for the petrol to go on a 200-mile away holiday. Like, times are really tough and working extra jobs and all that sort of stuff. And and I actually got a chance to sit down with Dad when he came to visit um, Australia when I first moved there and, and I handed him the book and said, Dad, I think you should really read this. And he doesn't like reading much, you know, he, he he does read some books, but not many. So that really stuck, that he actually read the whole thing. And then I actually said, Dad, I'm really, really proud of what you did. And it was quite hard to have that conversation because we never really talked that way. And um, and he would sort of, I thought he would fob it off straight away. And he didn't. And it really, it was a turning point for us. It was really, it was massive. And um, yeah, so. is that right. It, it was, yeah. And I think it was that whole thing of wanting us wanting to do the best job we can for them, and and having different sort of totally different perspectives on things. Well, just looking at things from 180 degrees different perspective.
1: That's what a, what a great thing. What a great story. Hmm. You know, that's the thing. If Steve Biddle has made the difference to just one father and son. You know, for me, if I can do that, my job's done.
0: That's right. Yeah. And like you say in your workshops, mm. uh, as we were chatting earlier, if just one person walks away yep. and has taken one little tactic or little approach or, yeah, I'm going to try that, you know, approach, That's that's that can be, you know, life-changing. It's great. Good work, Andy. Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, and I mean that in the best possible way. I, I think it's amazing what you're doing. So... Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I know we're sort of dragging on time-wise. I, I don't want to keep you too long. but uh, You can keep me all night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you probably got to go home.
0: Well, I suppose. But, uh, I mean, this has been great. I really appreciate the time you've taken me through this, Andy. And um, is there any way, what's the best way that someone can get in touch with you or to get hold of your book? Um, probably the easiest thing is to go to my website. It
1: you know it's got gives you an idea about the workshops, when they're coming up, it gives you you can buy the book if you want. Uh it's got all that sort of stuff. Um, you can contact me via um, the website which is andymcneely.com.au. So it's A N D Y M C N E I L L Y dot com dot That's the easiest thing yep. to do that. And you can download one of those screen free family time thing yep. from there if you want to give it a go. You know, if you have any any interest, uh, that's that's the best thing.
0: Great, and you're on the socials as well, aren't you? Yeah, on Instagram,
1: uh, Instagram, yeah, on connecting with your kids, and also Facebook, connecting connecting with your kids. So, if you sort of think, "What's about this book? What's this? Is is this any interest to me?" If you go to Facebook, I post stuff directly from the book. Yeah, quotes, ideas, challenges, stories that stuff that's if you don't want to buy the book just go on facebook you get the whole lot for free it'll be in installments which will take you about two or three or four years to get but if that's what you want to do just go and get it free
0: yeah Yeah. and i mean your workshops are free anyway so i mean it's not like you're doing this to make a ton of money i uh...
1: don't think i'm going to get rich from this (laughs) um but that's why i'm going to not going to give up my day job so you you can also if you're interested in the book if you just want to go and have a look um at the book it's uh, in a couple of local bookshops, uh, one in Torquay, uh, in Ocean Grove, in Bowen Heads, uh, in Dimmicks, in Warren Ponds. So for those people around the Geelong sort of area, that's where you can see, just get a copy of the book and actually feel it and hold it and yeah. flick through it and see if it's any use. And if it's it's useful, grab it. But if it's not,
0: don't. Yeah, that's, I, that's I it. just like the way it's, it's not like you, you have to go through and, and sort of check out some blogs and go, oh yeah, I'll try that and I'll try that and then plan it. It, it, you could yep. just leave it on the kitchen side. and yeah, jump in, I, dip in and out.
1: That's that's how I want it to be because I'm not, believe it or not, as a primary school teacher, I'm not an avid reader. But uh, it's uh, the the idea of it is it's a useful thing with a few ideas. You know, there's over 400 ideas of just things that oh, I could do. That that's easy. I don't need much stuff. That's what it's, it's for. So you might, just, you might not read any of the stories or any of the quotes or any of the anecdotes and just just pick up one of the ideas and you just go, oh, I can do that pretty yeah. easy. That's so um, that's, what, that's what I wanted to do with the book.
0: Great. Well, I mean, you've done a great job, so I hope it goes really well. Thank you. And, um, yeah, I look forward to catching up with you in the near future to see how it is all going.
1: Well, thanks very, very much for inviting me onto your show.
0: Ah, it's been a pleasure, Andy. Thanks for coming along. Well, thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Andy. If you'd like to reach out to Andy or check out his book or workshops, I'll put links to his website and social accounts in the show notes on the website, which you can find at thedadmindset.com. If you know anyone that you think could benefit from listening to this podcast as well, if you could share a link with them or just mention it to them, that would be absolutely amazing. And if you have any feedback for me, please reach out or leave a review. In the meantime have a great week and enjoy your caffeinated beverage.